0: Good afternoon. This is Pimp Life from Walnut Street Lounge. You know, I just called in to give a few words, just wishing everybody a way better year than this year. We need to remember we're living good, we eating good, but uh it's a lot of people out there that's not living as good as us, so remember to, you know, do a little charity in your neighborhood. I believe that many hands make light work, and if we all take care of our communities, it will spread like wildfire, and together our city, your city, their city will become better cities. You know, you are buying PS5s and Jordans and this and that, but, you know, keep in mind that if you go to the market and spend $40, you'd be surprised how many people you can feed with that, and if we all do it, that little $40 times 40 of us or 400 of us or 4,000 of us will add up so let's do some good out here while we out here making sure we got the balenciagas and the kohans and the jordans and all that the gucci you know think about the people who you know got scraps and it could be you one day so you know uh open your heart up a little bit more be kind to others and it'll be contagious you know we need we need a world like that so do better we we all can do better including myself so let's all do better together like out
1: What's up to the Hung Up family, new listeners, welcome to episode two of season four of the Hung Up podcast, a Philly-based podcast that centers culture and society from a black, queer perspective. I'm your host, Eric Cole, also known as Tennis Bay. (laughs) To keep up with new episodes, which I plan to drop weekly on Monday, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And leave a review after you're done listening to this episode. Tell me what you think about it. You can also stream this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Matter of fact, I just want to just shout out the SoundCloud listeners because that just tends to be where majority of the listens come from. And truthfully, I think that has to do with the fact that Hunger Podcast was really started on SoundCloud. That is where... The podcast really has its roots. So I guess that makes a lot of sense. But shout out to everybody, everybody that's been listening. You guys have me well on the way to 80,000 listens. I really appreciate it across all platforms. Support me, bitch. If you're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just search Hung Up Pod, that's H U N G U P P O D, and follow the show. And if you're ever listening to the show, and you post it on your story or you post it on your social media or Twitter, tag me at Pod, or you can use the hashtag Podcast. This week, I'm hung up on Naomi Osaka and Little Nas X. Both of them are representing for the culture hard. You can catch that after the interview. This week's guest is dating coach, matchmaker, and couples counselor, Lamont White. You know, I really appreciate Lamont for coming on because as I told y'all in the introduction of episode one, I wanted to dive into dating. When I talk to people, particularly queer black men, there's questions around how do you approach the conversation around covid You know, whether or not you've been vaccinated and if you're not vaccinated, when's the last time you've been tested? I know some people are curious about how to safely navigate hookup and dating apps. People want to know about dating preferences. How much of that shit gets in our way? How much of that is actually like closing us off and keeping us from meeting our soulmate? So these are all really good questions, and best believe this is not going to be the last time that Lamont and I collaborate. Before we jump into the interview, get into this clip. I pulled it from his Instagram page. Every Wednesday, he does this Shoot Your Shot Wednesdays where he goes on live, invites random people to come on live with him, and Lamont proceeds to hook them up. Check it out.
2: Let's see if the smart guy is ready.
3: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. We're in in the swimming pool. Hello. (laughs) Yo, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Hey, I didn't know you was going to pick me. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) You're in the pool. I love it. I love it. Tell us your name. Uh, Miles. So you got to come down a little bit. All I'm seeing is nose and up. All right. Me Much better. Okay, your name is Miles? Yes. Okay, Miles, where do you live, Miles? I live in New Orleans. New Orleans, in the house. Have you seen the show before? I copied bits some pieces, yeah. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna invite guys to um, shoot the shot with you, okay? You gonna do what? <laughs> you know, you gotta eat all this shit. Come on now. All right. All right, so I'm going to ask you some questions about who you are. Okay. We get about 300 people watching. I'm going to get them to add you and send you messages and invite you out on a date. Okay. Does that sound good? It sounds good. Are you single? Yeah, I'm single. Single, single? Single, single, yeah. Okay, okay, good, good, good. All right, so this is Miles. Miles, um... How old are you? I am 31. 31? Yep. How tall are you and about how much do you weigh? 5'10", 215 pounds. 215, okay, 5'10". Mm. Um, What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Libra, we the best. Libra in the house. Mm-hmm. Are you team top, bottom, or verse? I'm team vibe. So whatever the vibe is between us, is that's what we're going to make happen.
1: Hey, Hunger family, I want to welcome to the show dating coach, matchmaker, and couples counselor, Mr. Lamont White. Welcome to the Hunger Podcast.
3: Hi,
2: Eric. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this conversation today.
1: I am too. You are, like I said before when we were talking, truly an expert uh, when it comes to dating, matchmaking, and counseling. You particularly uh, focus on gay and bisexual men, and I just think that's awesome.
2: I, I love it. I tell people I am the gay dating coach because I am a gay man. I'm married and I specifically work with gay men to help them find love and stay in healthy relationships. There there really isn't um, <laughs> anyone else out there like me. Um, and I, I just love the work that I do to help guys um, become, you know, better, better, bettering themselves and staying in an amazing relationships.
1: Yes, and you're a true professional because your LinkedIn bio says that you are skilled in health communication, epidemiology, prevention, global health, and policy analysis. So you know this. This is this is this is your <laughs> this is your, your your field and you are out here doing the work and impacting impacting so many people.
2: Yeah, I have a, a weird background, a mix of counseling, public health, and um, relationship counseling. Um, I, I, I try to keep my passions really tight of making sure that I am improving my community. So whether that's with mental health, physical health, and finding love, I, I tie all of my passions together.
1: I was going to say it it comes across very intentional. The work that you've done and the, and, and the groundwork that you've placed and the positions that you've had over time leading up to where you are today has um, been very intentional. And, and I just, again, I, I'm hung up. I, I think it's awesome.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> so I welcomed you to the Hung Up podcast, but please introduce yourself and also let the Hung Up family know where we can find you and how we can support you
2: sure so I'm Lamont White I'm a gay dating coach matchmaker and couples counselor they can check out my website which has all of the details about the different services that I offer the website is better to that is actually the name of my company which is better way to meet I um, started the matchmaking company back in 2014 really uh out of frustration uh, with one of my friends who was trying to find love and we got together and said you know there are different ways for guys to meet but let's find a better way to meet hence the name better way to meet Mm, (laughs) of the company Mm
1: Let me just say this. You all definitely need to check out his Instagram. <laughs> get into those live IG videos. <laughs> because it goes down and and I just, I, I love it. <laughs> now, it can get a little, listen, the girls can be a little catty in the comments.
2: <laughs> it, it definitely gets a little spicy. So if you're talking about, so I have a different Instagram account. It's called The Gay Dating Coach. And on Wednesdays, Eric... I host a live show on Instagram. It's called Shoot Your Shot Wednesdays. And I invite single guys to come on my Instagram account and I ask them, this is live now, I ask them um, insightful questions, some funny questions, but definitely some spicy questions about being single. And I encourage guys to slide in their DMs and invite them on dates. And the, the, the show is just hilarious. It's entertaining. And the comment section, aka my comment, they're my co-hosts, they get, <laughs> they get real <laughs> entertaining. And <laughs> you got to have some guts to get on our show. But it's really an entertaining and fun way for guys to, you know, connect with each other. And I'm always surprised at how many people actually go on dates and even travel to see each other from the show. So it's amazing.
1: That's really cool and you're right you do you do you do have to open yourself up and and be somewhat vulnerable and and put yourself in a maybe uncomfortable space because you know for some people maybe it's not uncomfortable but it does you know it does challenge you a little bit um mm-hmm. for the for the guys and I did watch a few of the videos and some of the guys were nervous mm-hmm. some of the guys were One guy was just lying, and you were like, "Look, don't y'all get on here lying now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the good work and get the people connected. Y'all can't get on here lying now. Be honest."
2: Yeah, sometimes people are insecure about who they are, and one Mm. thing that I try to push Eric is for guys to just love themselves. You know, whether they're they're slim, whether they're thick, they're heavy. Short, tall, whatever it is, love all of you, because uh, if you don't love yourself or you don't have the confidence, uh, guys are not going to want to be into you. So self-confidence and self-love is key to actually finding love.
1: Mm Absolutely. You got to, you got to give yourself what you, what you, what you, to me, you know, from, you know, I'm in this phase and this stage of my life in dating and dating and, and all of that, where I'm determined to give myself all the things that I expect in a man, all the things mm-hmm. that I'm looking forward to receive. I want to make sure I, I provide that for myself first.
2: That, that, that is key. I, I, w- I was telling, um, someone else I had a conversation with this week is uh, about the importance of taking care of yourself and investing in yourself first before you get into a relationship. And while you're in a relationship to do that, Mm -hmm. um, when I got married last year, part of my vows, I I told my husband that I promised to take care of myself first Mm -hmm. so that, and I would put myself first so that I could be a, a great husband and, I think sometimes people get mixed up and they're like, oh, I'm going to put my partner first. I'm going to put my job first. And then they're like third or fourth. That's not the healthy way to do it. You got to put yourself first.
1: Congratulations on getting married! Thank you,
2: thank you. I had to, yeah, I had to drop my last name. I, need, I didn't even <laughs> <get> hyphenate it. <laughs> so is is White
1: your married name or White
2: is my married name? My my oh. bachelor name is, is Scales, but oh, I, okay, I, I totally okay. dropped it. Yeah.
1: Come on for transition, a new life, <laughs> a new chapter. <laughs> Yes. So are you are you still considered a newlywed?
2: Well, it's less than twelve months, so I I would say I'm still a newlywed. We okay. however we've been together for almost eight years now. So Oh, okay, yeah, okay, got yeah, you. Yeah.
1: Did you did you do a big wedding or did you just keep it simple?
2: So listen, we got married during COVID in September last year. We had a little over a hundred people <laughs> at the wedding. So Ooh. it wasn't small. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing is nobody actually got COVID from being at her wedding, so that was amazing.
1: That's amazing, and I and I've seen some of your pictures together, and y'all are both just so handsome, both of the. I, oh, oh, thank you. Both thank of you. y'all. <laughs> thank
2: you.
1: I love it. I love it. So Lamont, where where did you grow up?
2: So, yeah, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the, the steel city of the Steelers.
1: What type of demographic was it growing up? Was it a mix of black and white, mostly black or mostly white, a mix of everything?
2: Right. So Pittsburgh is predominantly a, a white city. There's a small you know, percentage of folks in the um, city that are, are black, and there are a few black neighborhoods, and everyone kind of knows each other
1: growing up a queer black kid growing up in Pittsburgh, ready to just explore the, the world. And I'm sure you had a lot of dreams and aspirations. When do you remember the first time seeing yourself or a representation of yourself reflected back to you?
0: Hmm.
2: I didn't see that growing up. Um, I probably didn't see that until, cause back Mountain doesn't count. Um, I, I probably didn't see that until I moved away to, to college really, really. and um, one of my first jobs so this is like when I'm in my 20s like 21, 22 my first job as a therapist was at a, um, a mental health facility where folks were living with HIV and one of the things that so, so I was a therapist doing counseling there and it was a drop-in center and a lot of the majority of the guys were gay men and i was like so super impressed because these gay men would share their stories with me about like growing up in the early 80s and 70s um and i was just so impressed by their ability to thrive to um come out of the closet to invest in the communities i i was like i felt like i was n- I was supposed to be counseling them, but I was being mentored, right? And just Mm, growing from uh, all of the things that they had to offer. I do remember seeing certain gay men in my church um, growing up. And what I remember is, is that you just did not talk about being gay. Mm -hmm. Like you did not, like clearly he's gay, but no one is talking about it. And you dare not um, say you were gay because then uh, They're going to put oil on your head and pray it away. So those those were my experiences growing up. And I knew early on that I was gay, like in the third grade. And I came out to my mother. I said, hey, you know what? I like girls, but I think I like boys also. Mm.
1: (laughs) So do you you identify as bisexual or that was then?
2: That was then. I haven't been with a woman in years, so I'm fully gay.
1: Okay, okay. (laughs) You're right. I mean, Brokeback Mountain. It came out in 2005, and it was this American Western, <laughs> romantic mm-hmm. type drama film about these two white men um, who, one seemed to be struggling with their sexuality, but they were obviously in love, and it, and it was a romantic film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was 19 when Brokeback oh, wow. Mountain came out, so. In terms of, like, I get what you're saying, like, it doesn't count. It definitely doesn't count in in terms of seeing that representation, obviously. However, I will liken that to Queers Folk. Even though it didn't represent us fully, it was kind of, like, it was interesting for me to see films like that, Um at a early at a, at a young age to, to, to know that there are other people out there like me and, I, and that I'm not alone.
2: Yeah I, I only thing I, I wish and I think that young folks now are so fortunate but I wish there were more images of gay men in relationships because I think that a part of the work that I do um, with dating coaching and help, helping guys find love, is helping them to really accept themselves as gay men. Without those images and those role models, we are left to really figure things up, f- figure things out. And we typically bump our heads, make mistakes, um, when we're trying to navigate who we are as gay men, how do we love, how do we argue, how do we flirt? But you know, we we bump our heads. So I do a great job of working one on one with guys and helping them figure out those things successfully.
1: You represent Black men, but I'm sure that your demographic is very wide, especially telling from your website and also your, your creative content. You kind of, you, you have relationships with everyone out there. Oh, definitely. So
2: it's, it's, you know, even though I have a Black face and my name is Lamont, I still have a, a, a diverse um, clientele. It's, it's so funny. I, I was telling someone, that the majority of my um, dating coaching clients are actually white gay men. And I even have um, some international dating coaching clients. So definitely very diverse.
1: You mentioned Better Way to Meet, which is um, your website and also your uh, organization that you're a part of and that you've used as a catalyst for your work. What are your ultimate goals for Better Way to Meet?
2: Yeah, so Eric, I hope by the time that I turn 60 or 65, I can look back and be like, oh my goodness, look at all these, these gay families I have been able to um, create. Uh, I, I think, you know, gay marriage has not been around for more than 10 years yet, and I, I, so gay men are still trying to um, figure things out, and they're just now really, really getting married. There's an amazing um, Instagram page that I follow it's called black gay weddings and i'm just like oh my goodness look at everybody getting married my goal really is to help guys achieve that to get married and stay in healthy relationships that 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 is my goal
1: a lot of the work you have done has been with organizations that focus on hiv and aids and community involvement strategies to research and also a lot of the work that you've done is in direct response to what the needs of the community are can you talk to us a little bit about that
2: yeah so uh, i think at a very young age i thought i was going to be a preacher <laughs>
1: right really are you a preacher's kid uh,
2: no but a lot of uh, my the folks in my family are a lot of ministers the deacons okay. heavily involved in, in, in the church so you know i thought i was going to be a preacher growing up but god didn't want that he really wanted me to focus on improving my community. And when I say my community, that, that means the black community, that means the gay community, that means the community of color, that's um, white gay, gay men. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really, really put here to improve our communities, whether that's focusing on the physical health, um, which I do at where I work full-time at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And I really focus on health equity, so looking at um, barriers and challenges that um, impact people that prevent them from living healthy lives. And that can be, you know, where they live. That could be education issues. That can be transportation um, limitations. That can be employment. Um, we really focus on making sure that people have those things um addressed. So they have clean water, they have a safe place to live, they have um, amazing education opportunities, because that ultimately ensures that they have a healthy life. So that, that I love my, my daytime job.
1: Yeah, speaking of health equities, especially in community, you also work, you have experience in working with substance abuse, housing, Uh, HIV, public health and prevention, and particularly in Atlanta is where you've done years of this kind of work and and necessary work. What are some of the disparities and inequities that you see impacting the community and the people living in Atlanta?
2: Yeah, so when I first moved to Atlanta back in 2006, I had an amazing opportunity to work at a organization called Aid Atlanta. And I did some counseling. Um, I've worked as a a housing case manager, also um, ran um, a large HIV testing clinic um, and some behavior interventions, particularly for uh, gay men. Um, Atlanta is a a thriving city. It is the city of civil rights, but there still are some health disparities there. And it is one of the um, cities where um, HIV is pretty high, particularly when it comes to gay men. Um, so there are great opportunities in Atlanta where there are clinics, there are interventions that can really help gay men to, um, know more about their status. And also if they're living with HIV, that they're, they can get linked to medical care so they can live a healthy life. I tell people, um, HIV does not have to be a a death sentence. The, um, Science, the medication today, people can live a long, healthy um, life. What really uh, trips people up is the stigma associated with living with HIV. So where people may not want to take their medication because it's a constant reminder that they're living with HIV. Or they have to hide their medication because their family members might see it. So I, I feel like if we openly talk more about HIV and reduce the shame and guilt around it, we will see people living
1: much longer lives. So Lamont, you mentioned taking the medication every day as a constant reminder. You mentioned hiding the medication from family members because you're not ready or you don't want to have that conversation with them. I never thought about that. I never I never thought about that as things that, you know, people deal with, but that's very real.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, you know... HIV prevention counselor and case manager for many years and I would talk with clients you know one-on-one and it's like if you put yourself in their shoes then you understand it like people are like oh just take the pill well you have to go to the pharmacy to get it so the person at the front desk might look at you weird right (laughs) like oh you're picking up this medication or you can get it mailed but it's still the, the constant reminder that, you know, you have something in you that could potentially kill you. Um, it's, it's, it's a constant reminder. So we definitely try to help people think about it differently, um, like uh, like any other health condition. So like heart disease or diabetes, you have to take medication so that you can live healthy. Same thing with HIV. Take the medicine, get some mental health support so that you can live.
4: Hi, Earth. Uh, This is Kashif. I'm a new listener to the Hung Up podcast, Um, and I came across the podcast, and I felt compelled to listen to it after seeing it from someone else's page, um, who I guess was listening to it. And In doing so, I decided to go back to the beginning and start listening from the very first episode, and I didn't realize when I started that how many episodes you guys had or how long that'll take me to get to the end. But I'm really glad that I did because starting at the beginning, um, I got to hear, I guess, the place that you were in, in, which you shared your perspective on different intersectional points about your life, what you discovered for yourself and the different experiences that you've had living as a black queer man. And, and hearing you talk about yourself and talk about your experiences and talk about what you learned from them, I got to see the similarities in us more than I saw the differences, and then seeing those similarities, it helped me to remind myself of who I am myself, and it was just one of those extra things that I needed to guide me along the way and, and get me back to where I was always meant to be, and, and in doing so, I just wanted to say thank you to yourself, thank you to P. Ryan, Um just for being so vulnerable. I feel like a lot of times we don't share our stories, and we don't tell our stories and tell our truths out loud so that others can hear them and see themselves in it and hear that truth back and bring it back into themselves. So when we step out in that vulnerability and allow ourselves to do it, that is truth and that is honesty and that's love. And when we love ourselves in truth and honesty and vulnerability, we allow others to see that love in us and see that love back in themselves. Hearing you be a person living in the city that I grew up in, in the fraternity I pledged, and talk about the struggles that, though I wasn't there for any of the ones that you had, I know them because I had the exact same ones. I had the exact same experiences. And I thank you for that, because when I was going through it and when I was having those experiences, I didn't think anybody else was going through what I was going through. I didn't think that anyone else was struggling with what I was struggling with. And so I thank you for telling your stories. I thank you for sharing your experiences and allowing me to see myself in you and allowing me to then grow back into myself. So thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm loving listening. And I can't wait to hear where else you guys go in the journey.
1: You can call the show and leave your episode feedback or your random thoughts. The phone number is 484-578-9992. Now let's get back to the conversation. So let's get into Lamont, the dating coach. I watched one of your IG Live videos and you talked about how dating preferences can range. When it comes to preferences, you got sexual positions, height, body type, ethnicity, mask, femme, all these different things, right? That people consider to be dating preferences. But I wanted to ask you, as a dating coach, how can these preferences help us, but how can they also get in our way?
2: Mm -hmm. Good question. Good question. So one of the things I tell guys, particularly guys who um, work with me in dating coaching is write down a list first of like things that you want in a guy. So it's, it's definitely okay to say, Hey, you know, um, this is what turns me on. This is what I feel like is going to be compatible for me. Like, You got to have that list because when you start to meet guys, that's what you're going to be looking for to to vet them. And yes, dating is a vetting process to really see if the guy's a good match for you. So have that list. But here's the issue with um, having a list that is very strict and not flexible. Guys are like, hey, you know, this is my list. I can't find love. I can't find love. Well, take a look at your list. If it's so narrow, then you are limiting, you're definitely limiting your options. So I tell guys to push beyond your list sometimes and see if that helps you find love. Because you might think one thing like, oh, I only date guys who are short. Once you start dating a taller guy, you're like, this actually works for me. Like, Mm. try that and see how it works well for you.
1: I like that. I like that. So make sure y'all get your (laughs) list. Yes. Get your list. And the other thing that stood out to me that you just said was dating is a vetting process. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: I want to make sure y'all understand that (laughs) dating Mm -hmm. is a vetting process. So many times we get let down, frustrated, and angry that we're dating someone and it didn't work out. You know, we didn't end up in a relationship. So I think that point that you just made is so important. Dating is a vetting process. Be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be be yeah. kind to yourself and let yourself explore and have fun with dating, but understand what your intentions are and what this is all about.
2: Right, right. And I tell guys, Eric, that um, a part of dating is rejection. It's, it's going to occur. And so often guys get Reject it. They get frustrated, and they take it personal, and then they decide, "I'm just not going to date. I am going to focus on my career. I'm going to go back to school. I, I, I'm going to be celibate." And they do that for years, and then they try to get back in the dating field. They don't know what they're doing, and they're less marketable because they don't have those skills. So I say, "Yeah, don't take it personal. Take the time to." Um, get your mental health back to where it needs to be, and then get back out in the dating field.
1: Yes, and if you're one of these guys who are out here, you haven't dated for a minute, and you don't know what you're doing, hit up Lamont White. That's why we got him here today, okay? Yes. Let Let this black beautiful married man who knows so much about love and how to be successful but also has done so much work in the community around the issues that are impacting us because see Lamont that's something different you're not out here just connecting people and trying to match make people get people in relationships you've also done the work in the field you've looked at the things and you've been involved in the things that are directly impacting us I think there's so much added value to someone like yourself, who's a dating coach, who can uh, make, a good, your, your, make a good match, put two people together, but also understand the inequities, the, the, the disparities, and particularly health, society, and culture that are impacting these individuals that you are putting together. I, I just think there's so much power to that.
2: Yeah, I, I think I definitely have a unique lens based on um, a lot of the things I've experienced, um, my training, um, and you know my, my varied you know working experience in, in public health um, and understanding of um, that gay men have not always had it easy, right? And there are very few systems in place that support us as gay men, and even fewer that support us. In having a relationship, so um, I tell guys, you know, it's okay you get you get a pass for making you know mistakes because you don't know what to do. Is because we really just didn't have that training to say, hey, this is what a gay man is. This is how yeah. two guys love each other. This is how gay two gay men argue. This is how two gay men um, flirt with each other. So um, it it really is a learning opportunity for all.
1: It's interesting you mentioned that training, that that passing down of generational knowledge. And it's interesting, a, a few friends of mine, close friends of mine, we, we were talking this past week about how we lost a lot of that because we lost so many people to um, AIDS, and, and particularly in the Black community, just a lot of our greats, our legends, our, our, our people who shifted and moved society in so many different ways, be it um, through... Uh, advocacy, be it through music, arts, we lost so many people to AIDS and a lot of that information that training that you just mentioned didn't get passed down and we lost that.
2: Yeah, and so so one of my commitments is um, to make sure I pass that down. So even now I have a, well, I'm 40 and I have an intern who is 22 and I am training him so that he can be the next matchmaker and he can do it for um, folks his age and his generation.
1: Come on, 40?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: 40 and fine. You fine, Lamont.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you, Eric. Thank you.
1: Y'all better go check this man out and please support this Black man and what he is doing and this good work that he's doing. So I have you for just a few more minutes, so I just have a few more questions for you. Okay. One of the Instagram live videos that you did recently was with love coach Byron Jamal. Y'all can check him out on Instagram. You said something in that interview that really stood out to me and that I agreed with a hundred percent. You said a lot of people go for monogamy, but overwhelmingly fail at it. Can you unpack that a little bit? What are are some of the reasons why we, we, a lot of us go for monogamy, but then we end up failing at it.
2: Right. I think we, uh... A lot of folks um, were taught that monogamy is the only way and anything less than that is wrong and is shameful. So um, people get into relationships, gay or or straight, they get into relationships um, and they are not honest about who they are, what their their desires are. And um, so, so they aim for it and they end up stepping outside of their relationship. I don't call it cheating. Um, I call it stepping outside of the relationship without permission, right? (laughs) So they end up doing that and um, it it does um, impact a lot of relationships negatively because um, some folks really um, place a very high value on sex. um, And they feel like if if you step outside the relationship then the relationship needs to end. Others um, place um, sex a little lower where it can be a little more casual so stepping outside the relationship doesn't mean that's the end of the relationship maybe um violence might be a deal breaker and that that's the end of the relationship but stepping outside the relationship isn't
1: you mentioned cheating and you define it as stepping outside the relationship and you don't like to call it cheating i appreciate how on your platform you break down how to handle cheating in a relationship. And you talk about that it has a lot to do with communication, communication before and after the fact. Can you break that down a little bit for the listeners um, about how you feel that we should approach our relationships, be proactive, and have that conversation about what stepping outside of the relationship could possibly mean
2: so everything I tell couples to do is to proactively sit down have a conversation like hey if if you do step outside the relationship um, how do you want to know about it do you even want to know about it it it, it, it sets the environment where it's non-judgmental it makes the other person feel more secure um, and open to having those transparent conversations there are some people who are like Yeah, I want to know if my partner steps out the relationship so I can protect my health or I can figure out where our relationship has shifted um, or figure out what my partner desires now. The the long term relationships work really well when you are in tune to the changes of your partner and your partner is going to change over (laughs) a period of time and that he should evolve and change, which is great. You just have to be in tune to it so that you can figure out how you can modify yourself, how you can support him or decide, Hey, you have changed so much that this is no longer a, a, a great relationship for me to be and We're no longer compatible. And then it's okay to end those relationships.
1: Lamont, you, you, you talk so much about dating and relationships and, you have your own, you have your own relationship and you have your own marriage. And as a gay black man who's married to another gay black man, you really do um, stand out in the community as someone that we, many of us aspire to, to have a similar type of Situation, not the same because you know, <laughs> we all gotta we got we all gotta accept our own story and 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 embrace that you're not gonna have someone else's story. You you need right. to you you're gonna have your own. But I'm just wondering, how much do you share about your own relationship on your platform? And um, do you share about the things that are working for you and not working for you? Do you share, uh, you know, for example, we were just talking about you know, before getting together in, in a serious relationship, having that conversation with your partner about monogamy, did you share, do you share those type of things with your listeners and on your platform about, about the things that you experience?
2: Right. So I share some things that are, you know, that are, I think, um, my listeners can learn from, but what one, one thing I do try not to do is say, Hey, this is our relationship, do it this way, right? Because <laughs> it's not going to work for you. Like the, What works for the two of us works well for the two of us. And I tell guys, don't try to aspire to be like us. Aspire to be in a relationship where the two of you make it work. So the nuances that the, um, the two of you establish that work well for you, make that work well for you. I think so often guys look at different couples and they say oh that's a great power couple they're amazing you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors right <laughs> they give you an image of what they want you to see so um, really i say focus on you and your partner and make sure whatever works well for you all works well for
1: I know we are closing and wrapping up our conversation. I just want to say, you know, I really love your, what I consider to be a roll call post on Instagram, where you are sounding the alarm and letting people know that you got niggas in the DM that you ready to hook up. And (laughs) I just love how you like, look, I got, I got singles and y'all need to hit me up and let me know what's going on. So again, y'all have to follow his Instagram and, 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 and see especially if you are a, a, a black queer single follow Lamont and, and, and get into what he's given because I'm I, I have a good feeling that you'll you'll love it but let me just say it reminds me of you got you got like an early version of a dating app going on Lamont the people want to know <laughs> when you're going to drop your dating app come on what's where's the where's the development because you might as well just go ahead
2: so I am not gonna do a, a thing uh, What I, so what I try to do is, you know, guys pay me to say, "Hey, Lamont, go and find me this type of guy." So I literally will um, go on different um, social media platforms like LinkedIn or work with other matchmakers to interview guys and find them love, and they pay me a pretty, you know, some good money to do that. Um, but I, I don't want to do an app. I think sometimes, I, I do think apps are great ways to meet guys if you do it the right way. And there are a ton of them out there. But I really want to focus on doing something that I can screen guys, make sure they're ready to date, polish them up, and then send them with a, a great guy. You can't do that on the app.
1: Mm. And and for the folks that are out there on the dating apps, like Grinder, Jacked, give us... One thing that you say in order to screen, what's the best way you can screen someone if you are hooking up on a dating app?
2: Usually guys want tips on like, how do you actually find a date on, on grinder or On The Jack? And I say, listen, put some amazing pictures of yourself. Like, yes, your face. But put some amazing <laughs> pictures of yourself. <laughs> Fill out the profile completely. List what you are looking for in a guy in a positive framework. And then also talk about who you are, what makes you great. You will see that guys respond appropriately to, to that.
1: Hmm. Okay, I'm look. I'm taking notes too. All right, <laughs> and I hope everyone listening is taking notes. And listen, we have come to the end of our interview, and you, I, I really do appreciate the hour that you gave to me. I want to say, you know, I we could go on. There's so much to talk about. Um, I wish I had more time to talk to you about sending nudes.
3: About
1: <laughs> um, you know, as we get older, you 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 tend to interact or run into people who have met who have kids, and that's different from dating in your twenties. And also, just like the gray areas in relationships, you know, you got friends, and you got boyfriends and lovers, but what about that gray area in between? Um where you know friendships can be borderline intimate. Um, so there are some other conversations that I would love to have with you, be it on the podcast or be it live. So you all make sure you tune in. You never know.
2: Oh yeah, definitely invite me back.
1: To close out, please remind the people where they can find you on social media and how we can support you.
2: Sure. So you can check out my website, it's better way to meet. Also, you can find me on you know, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, better way to meet. But then I also do have a uh, another Instagram account, and it's called The Gay Dating Coach. That's where I host my live, um, Shoot Your Shot Wednesday. So check me out there.
1: Shoot Your Shot. Is that a hashtag? Did you hashtag that?
2: I did. Shoot Your Shot Wednesday It's my hey, hashtag.
1: Hey. Okay. All right. Y'all might see me on there one of these good old Wednesdays. Yeah, I, come
2: on, Eric. Let's 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 let with let's my get good you. wig on, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and lighting, because you don't be playing Lamont, you be. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: they said I do the most, but I try to help people. You know, present their best their best selves. Don't so get on here on the toilet in some blurry lights. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I listen. You don't do the most. You are the professional. You letting the people know what they need to do. So, thank you. I'm hung up. Thank you for being here, Lamont.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Lamont has such good energy and gave some really good advice, not just for the single folks out here, but for the couples too. And he's in a relationship, so he isn't coaching something that he himself hasn't experienced. Thanks for stopping through, Lamont. It's time to close the episode, but before I do, I want to give you this week's hung up. First, Naomi Osaka. I'm just proud of this young woman for, one, playing the sport that she loves and playing it well. She is amazing on the court, but she stays true to who she is in challenging some of these archaic as rules of the tennis game that has suited all these white folks for decades. I love her for that and using her platform to speak out. I'm hung up. My second hung up is Lil Nas X, but I feel like every week I'm just marveling over the work that this guy is putting into his music and how intentional he is with his craft And he would be doing this even if he didn't have the haters trolling his Twitter all day. But I think it definitely propels and motivates him. I mean, obviously not a good source of motivation, but still something good does come out of it, which is teaching us all something. So shout out to Lil Nas X. I'm hung up. We're hung up. Keep doing your thing. This is the kind of representation that we need. You are motivating us to show up in our spaces more authentically more proudly, more boldly, and I love it. I'm hung up. Well, let me get myself together here. I got a few more hours of sunlight so I can grab my tennis bag and get out on a tennis court. So I'm going to close this episode out with a clip from one of Saucy Santana's Instagram lives, because why? That nigga is just hilarious. (laughs) I'm Eric, the host and producer of the Hung Up Podcast. I'm signing off. Talk to y'all next week. Peace.
5: That was because it, bitch, that shit working. It's all the oils and all the stuff coming out, bitch. Yeah, it's what's, that? Use good products. what's up? What's up, Um, tell one of those, get on live and watch the back of that net with a white wash profit show it to them. Bitch, that's all the, man, the man, Manila coming out from now. The hoes. The Manila <laughs> Bitch, it's like fuck, nigga. Free glow, yes, me, bitch. Yeah, Miss. Everybody keep saying what's Manila, 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 Manila. Like when you black, bitch. Like you know how they be like, my melanin is popping. Who? When? Like when you dark, like it's like pigment when you dark skin. Like- melanin. Melanin. You talking my melanin? Girl, did not know. That's the singer, bitch. Melody Fiona? Yeah. Dang, what I'm talking about stupid. Like, it's Melody. What's that? Hold on, I'm going show you what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the M word called for black people's skin pigmentation? I didn't get that. You can also try
3: spelling
5: it. Men, Manila. Definition for Manila. Definition for Manila Wait. Like. Hey Siri. Cause that bitch says she know every fucking thing. Definition. F- i
0: on
5: Apple Music. I didn't say play. I didn't say play Cardi B. Because that's tell I think you know everything. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Definition for Manila like. Okay, y'all. It is melanin. M-E-L-A-N-I-N.